Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today's episode, I am joined by Evan Leung, who is the founder and CEO at Lean Data. And before we kick things off, I just want to give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, I always like to look at new marketing technology tools, and every once in a while, I get an email or a phone call from a company I've never heard of and never seen, and that was Evan and his team probably about four or five years ago. And they came over to our headquarters out here in the East Bay, and uh, we had had, obviously, a little dialogue over email about what they were working on. And I was immediately engaged because I could tell from these guys that they had found some fundamental problems that needed to get solved. And so I was, I was all in. I was experiencing those problems ourselves, uh, running our marketing infrastructure and sales infrastructure at DemandGen, but also knew that a bunch of our clients were suffering from some of the same challenges. So invited Evan and his team over, and it was uh, a, a partnership from day one. And here we are, fast forward four or five years later, and we're doing Demand Gen Radio together. So Evan, thank you for joining the program. Good to reconnect, as always. Definitely. I'm really excited to be here. Before we jump into some of the, the things that are top of mind for me, would you mind just taking a few minutes, and I never asked you the backstory on you know what, what prompted the creation of Lean Data. I'd love to hear that story. Happy to. So, I mean, I think it's probably very similar to your story, Dave. It just starts kind of with your own pain points. So uh, my last company, uh, I was running sales and marketing. We had uh, standardized on Salesforce. We were bringing in marketing technology. So this was probably eight, nine years ago. And so we had brought in Marketo. And as we were bringing those two systems together, just kind of was shocked by how much the, 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 the lack of data consistency was hurting my business uh, as we were trying to integrate the, both the marketing automation with the sales force and just started digging in and started realizing that, look, if you don't have good data, these systems of automation just aren't going to work the way you think through. And so that's what Genesis started with the first pain point. And then from then, we've just kind of built the company by learning from our customer, partnering with them, and just solving pain point after pain point for them as we've grown the company. Awesome. How did you find the initial members of the team? Were these people you had worked with before? Or how did you guys you know, get that core group together? Yeah, so the core group of folks are folks that I've known through either working relationships or personal relationships. My co-founder was a friend of a friend. We grew up in the same hometown on the East Coast uh, near Washington, D.C. Um, and so that's kind of how we got together and then brought in some folks that I've uh, worked with in the past. Awesome. How many uh, folks are you guys now? Today, we're close to 80 folks uh, based here in uh, Sunnyvale, California. And, and hundreds of clients. You know, you guys have done an incredible job growing your, your customer base, which is congratulations. As a, as a fellow CEO, I know the, uh, the late nights and the thoughts that go into growing and building the business and, and quite proud of you guys. You guys have done a, a phenomenal job. Thank you so much. And I might turn that to you. I mean, when we met four or five years ago in your offices, you guys were in a smaller offices. You guys have grown tremendously over that time. And, and we definitely do think of you guys as kind of the number one MarTech consulting services firm out there. So congrats on your side. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. 
we we try hard. Um, <laughs> it was really cool. I, we use an internal chat system, uh, kind of like Slack, but different brand. And uh, it was lit up this morning in what we call the High Fives channel with some of the team members just giving shout outs to our other solution architects that have been just doing some incredible work for our clients. And I just love as a CEO just, you know, seeing those high fives. It's it's so rewarding and it's so nice that the team takes the time uh, to do that. And uh, I've been in your office and you guys celebrate successes, which is really cool to to witness that. Yeah, we definitely believe in winning as a team. Yeah. Let's... um back up you know it's uh 2018 and the data problems that you addressed have not been solved but i would like to go back to the problems that we were trying to solve years ago and there was the whole topic of you know inbound marketing it wasn't just about outbound marketing and there was a huge emphasis being put on marketers of the new way to grow uh you know top of funnel and bring people into uh, prospects. And I'm curious to get your perspective, Evan, uh, on where things are today, because you guys have definitely focused a lot on campaign attribution and talking to your clients about inbound and outbound marketing. What's what's happening in, from your perspective? Yeah. So I think the whole discussion about inbound versus outbound, uh, I, I think is an old one, because I think from what we see, every company is doing both. I see a lot of inbound marketers who are adding outbound to make their uh, revenue a little bit more predictable. And I see, obviously, a lot of outbound marketers who love to have inbound, because inbounds, in some respects, uh, easier gravy to convert for your sales team, right? You love to have those inbound. So I think the whole thing about inbound versus outbound is no longer the case. It's really inbound plus outbound. Mm -hmm. Now, that presents new challenges because when you have both those motions living inside of an organization, uh, then you also have to make sure that they play nicely with each other. And that's where things like account-based marketing talk about it, whereas this bridge between inbound and outbound, how do you manage that? So I turn it over to you, Dave. Are you seeing a similar trend in, in the clients that you're working with? Definitely. I mean, marketers can never have their heels on the ground and um, ever get too comfortable with the amount of uh, net new, I'm going to call them leads, but, you know, net new prospects and leads that are entering in the funnel. And it's always good to embrace, you know, new channels. I had an agency from uh, China reach out the other day uh, and want to talk to me about some of the WeChat stuff that they're doing and how they're doing uh, other forms of messaging and marketing there. And I'm always curious to learn from people smarter than myself that are doing stuff that I'm not doing. And so I'm, I think all of us are still always learning what works. I've done a lot of research and a lot of experimentation lately. Uh, for example, on LinkedIn, where I do a lot of inbound marketing. You know, what are the best days of the week to be posting? What are the best ways to post? Do images help your impressions or hurt your impressions? And what about linking? If you link off of LinkedIn, uh, does that uh, hurt you or does that help you. So I'm always, you know, trying to better my marketing skills, even as our CEO. And I know that my team is constantly working with clients to really optimize how to get the most from their marketing spend and, and generate response, both outbound and inbound. So yeah, nothing's gone away. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you share the same. It's comforting to hear you share the same perspective because you're looking at the data of this a lot. And, you know, we can all be doing a lot of marketing, but if we're not measuring it, what, what's the point? We've also seen a lot of technology, right? Um, there's a lot of new inbound technology that helps us measure uh, the tweets, the posts, the other stuff, and see if that's that's effective as well. A lot of those tools and technologies weren't there in clever ways that they're you know creating URL links so that can track back to attribution. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think because of every organization managing both inbound and outbound, it has big ramifications on how they manage their tech stack, how they manage the workflows and their team compositions between those two organizations. And we're helping a lot of companies around that. But also, I think around the reporting, I think how you think about inbound versus outbound when it's just inbound, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of the serious decisions demand waterfall. You know, you just kind of go through that thing. Uh, outbound is a very different motion and that model doesn't quite work. So I'm almost seeing the evolution of uh, different workflow streams to manage this, but also different reporting. Uh, I kind of think of more like net new versus account based uh, if you have named accounts in your outbound, which is typically the case. Yeah. Uh, so there's going to be emergences of different models to, to manage the fact that we're, we're working in two uh, different channels and cross-functionally across them. So when you guys get started, one of the first things that you were focused on solving was lead to account matching, right? Because you wanted to um, solve that problem. We started using the platform. We, you know, one of the things that we didn't want to do was have our clients receive communication from us that didn't seem like they were a client, right? So if we have an account, uh, type equals account or type equals client in our database, if we generated a net new lead through our marketing automation and inbound or outbound programs, we didn't want that lead to be sitting as a lead. We wanted to auto-convert. And again, you know, I saw that first pain point that you guys solved, but you've been, you've been solving a lot of others, and I want to get into that. The thing is, you know, we straddle in a company like ours with our size, our marketing operations and sales op- operations are really well aligned. Um, it, it's blurry. I don't even think you can see, you know, a department or a role, right? It's just really one team that is, excuse me, building out our infrastructure. And you sell, I mean, you have a solution that integrates with Salesforce, CRM, what somebody might consider sales tech. And I'm curious in terms of the success that you've had, what are you seeing in terms of sales and marketing alignment? That's one question. And then, how are you seeing the buying decision for technology like yours um, happen between the sales and marketing department when your your solution is solving problems on on both sides? Absolutely. So I, I think there's this gap between sales and marketing because the funnels changed. In the past, it was all about marketing on top, sales on bottom, and then you have this single handoff. Because of all these different motions, like we talk about inbound, outbound, account-based marketing, I kind of think of the funnel more as side to side. You have marketing generating demand, and then you have sales helping close that demand. But there's this space in between those uh, between those two channels. And, and that's really where we end up playing. And I think that's where you need to fill that gap in order to have sales and marketing alignment. Uh, a lot of folks are doing it, I think, today with ops. So that's where you're seeing the rise of uh, sales ops, mark ops, rev ops, as sort of serving as that bridge between sales and marketing to make sure that they're working together in a seamless process. Uh, and that's what we're seeing in a lot of our organizations is this rise of this new role. Uh, I think for an organization such as yours, you guys are so ingrained into ops that you guys naturally do it. But for most companies, uh, they have to have this third-party role intermediate between the two. Uh, and that's where a lot of solutions are fitting in. So to answer your question, David, we sell to both sales and marketing. It depends on the organization, but usually the folks that use us day in and day out are sales and marketing ops, or as some people are now calling it, rev ops. Yeah. We've seen the emergence of a lot of new roles. Um, you know, Marketing operations started several years ago. 
we saw, you know, marketing automation manager or marketing automation systems administrator, people having responsibility for particular tools. And of course, sales ops has been around for a while. And like you said, we're now seeing the emergence of RevOps, a cross-functional team that is incorporating both the sales operations and marketing operations. Because, you know, let's face it, these two systems, and I'm when I say two systems, I mean just marketing automation and CRM, let alone all the other RevTech, are so tightly integrated that changing a field, a pick list value, um, any of the workflows on the CRM side can have a dramatic impact on your personas and your segmentation and just even the integrations between these two systems. So, you know, we, um, we help our clients a lot with maintaining uh, those systems and being in sync and making sure that the left hand is talking to the right hand. So I think the RevOps function is, you know, an emerging role because um, the lines, again, between sales and marketing infrastructure are getting blurrier and, and blurrier. What, um, so as a CEO, you know, you, you started with kind of the, the first painkillers that you came out with. How did you decide how to enhance the platform uh, over time? Where was that coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like I said, like we talked about, the marketing automation and sales force are so critical. That's where the light bulb came on for me. It's really been a partnership since then with our customers. Uh, so some of our early customers like Marketo and Palo Alto Networks, they came to us with problems about what they were trying to do as they were integrating and building their go-to-market motion. And we just were as good partners as you are as a consultant. We were listening to them. And when we saw recurring themes within our customers around things like lead to account matching. Uh, we decided to go and build a solution to solve that for them. And then from there, lead to account matching led us into other product categories like routing and marketing attribution because that's what they were using that data for. That's kind of how our suite of products built. So it's been really much a partnership with our customers and trying to solve pain points to help them make their uh, go-to-market more smooth. What have been some of the, the hurdles? I mean, obviously our two companies work closely together, but you know, just from the client's perspective, the journey from going from pain identification to um, solving those problems, what does that journey look like typically for your, for your clients? Yeah, so I think it's very much uh, the crossing the chasm where you have early adopters who truly get it and they come to you with, hey, I have this pain point, can you solve it? To as you build out those products, having to evangelize out to the market as to why this is a pain point. I think a lot of clients that we talk to who aren't necessarily the early adopters like, I didn't know that's a problem. Why is that a problem? We've been doing this years the other way. So you kind of have this uh, change in mentality from your own go-to-market motion. And that's where working with um, consultants like yourself make a ton of sense. More and more as we build our solutions, we find that it's you need both the consulting aspect and the product aspect together to build a great solution. Well, the the thing is, you know, this is hard. It's it's not easy, right? It's uh, marketing's getting more and more challenging as we're getting more and more tools available to us, and so it really requires uh, some expertise that typically hadn't existed. Uh, for sure in B2B marketing, B2C to marketing has uh, a history of, of really understanding data and how to leverage data and the, and the dependency on data. But B2B marketers, uh, it's, it's more certainly more recent that they've had to really understand the interconnections between the various systems and the dependencies um, on that. Every time I onboard a new employee in our company, um, I get some time with them and there's a slide that I you know, put in the presentation towards the end of the presentation that I walk them through and I said, you know, demand gen's 
job in terms of our longevity is, is pretty easy if we ask ourselves these two questions. What problems do we need to solve for our clients and what's the best way to solve them? And those, the problem list continues to evolve over time and the ways to solve them continues to change over time. In some ways, because technology like yours is now available, solutions like yours uh, and other solutions that we can help solve the problems differently than we, than we did in the past. I want to talk, Evan, about uh, ABM, uh, the famous three-letter acronym uh, these days. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I've noticed with your platform as you guys have been enhancing the functionality is that it, um, in my mind, can help not only with the upper funnel, but the lower funnel. And I don't mean the, the lower part of the upper funnel. I mean the actual uh, customer base. Is that an area that you're starting to see clients um, look to you guys for? And if, if so, let's talk a little bit about that because um, I often see the lower funnel as a, a neglected uh, area. Absolutely. We've had a lot of our clients really driving us towards to help them with the lower part of the funnel. So we were originally known as kind of a lead routing company. So helping you place the right leads against those accounts and getting them to the right rep. Increasingly, we've had clients come to us because of the pain points you discussed, uh, David, about, hey, you're doing that great for leads. I have the same problem with contacts, accounts, and opportunities. And so we've really expanded our routing platform to incorporate all of that primarily because we want to go solve those lower funnel issues. Uh, for example, uh, a key use case would be upsells. So we've already sold the account, but we're trying to upsell it. Maybe a new uh, department that's involved with those, those already contacts in our system. How do we make sure those get to the right team and that they follow up appropriately? And so that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. It's still account-based marketing, but the data and the objects and the motion now are very different, and the teams that are involved are very different. We see a lot of our clients that truly want to do ABM, you know, bring in tool sets. Um, you know, a lot of people have ABM actually hanging on as one of the capabilities of their platform, right? So you guys have it. Certainly our partner like Engageo has it. I see your solutions as very complementary. I mean, there is a Venn diagram overlap in some areas, but if you truly want to be doing um, account-based marketing and you need to measure engagement and, and track against your, your targets, there are getting more and more ways to kind of skin that cap. But um, are you finding that your clients are making progress in some of the other pain point areas like around establishing targets and tracking uh, against that, those conversions? Absolutely, and I think uh, I think ABM is uh, is is I think that uh, some other uh, the Topo guys talked about it will become B two B marketing. It is that big. I think the portion of it's B two B marketing plus net new inbound. So if you combine that, that is kind of your traditional B two B marketing. Yep. And I do think it will take a stack to do it. So uh, we have many joint clients with Engageo, uh, with other folks like out there like Abysable or stuff like that. So we work well with other partners because at the end of the day, it's what the slide you mentioned, David. It's about we want to help the clients solve their pain points. Uh, and so we love to work with other partners in the ecosystem if we can service towards that needs. Yeah. So I don't think it's an either or, uh, both, uh, but uh, works better. And each of us has a Venn diagram. There's some overlap, but there's other areas we specialize uh, that we can help clients with together. Yeah, the lead routing solution that you guys have have put together. We have a lot of clients who have you know a tremendous large number of of sales reps, and sales reps come and go. You know, it's probably one of the most transient role inside of an organization. 
And, you know, having to change routing rules and do reassignments can be a cumbersome project in, in Salesforce. So uh, we've been able to help a lot of our clients leveraging uh, the routing capabilities, um, either to deal with changing territories or changing segments or even just, you know, moving things at, at various stages of the funnel between SDR teams and, uh, and field sales uh, teams. What, what's keeping you up at, at night these days um, as you think about the company and, and your roadmap for where you want to go? What's, what's on your mind? The main thing is just uh, scaling and growth. Uh, we feel that we ha- are, have developed a, a very interesting product and are helping our clients grow tremendously. But how do we take that messaging uh, to, to go to market and really reach the, uh, the folks in uh, Piora, right, uh, in the Midwest who may not know they have this problem? So it's really around capturing the opportunity and, and the thought leadership and being out there uh, going beyond the early adopters. That's the main thing that I spend my time thinking about and uh, have brought on a great marketing team to help us uh, get that message out. So let's let's talk about marketing for Lean Data over time. Things like, did you ever think of having to change the company name? How many times have you repositioned if you have repositioned? What what's marketing at Lean Data look like in terms of your journey? <laughs> uh, we've done all of that. We have not changed our company name, uh, although that has been in the docket in the past. We've been like, hey, when we were doing more routing, should data be part of our name? Ironically, we're going to roll out some new positioning and messaging kind of in the next month or two that actually has data at its core. So I'm glad I didn't change our name. Uh, but we we may change our logo uh, and our color scheme a little bit. And certainly positioning is something that's always been evolving uh, as, as one of our strengths as a company is being very iterative. And and working and partnering with our clients. The flip side is that does mean, mean that we're we're always tweaking our messaging and our positioning. And, um, and of so. course, you hired a, a CMO, Karen Steele, the very talented uh, Karen Steele to come in there. She's, of course, going to look at, is there a need to do a, a brand refresh <laughs> as I think about it? That, that's, Absolutely. That's what we marketers do, right? <laughs> yes. But she, she, to her credit, she specifically said, I don't want to spend time changing the name. But the colors and the logo uh, are totally fair game. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for that. I think there's a lot of brand equity uh, that's out there. What about attribution? I, I mentioned it earlier, and I, you know, God, years ago, this, this was so tough, right? I mean, there were so many data gaps, so many issues with the CRM and just tracking and everybody having to learn how to do, whether it was you know, custom links to changing the website, to writing custom JavaScript, and just just everything having to kind of like hack it together to be able to do attribution. Do you see this continuing to get easier? And if there is a place where it's ever, quote, easy, how far are we from that? Yeah, so the great thing from the attribution, specifically for the B2B side, is there are a number of vendors like ourselves, uh, Visible, Full Circle, Bright Funnel out there, that have started to really solve the data problem of the attribution journey. So for us, the journey starts with solving lead to account matching. So for any B2B company, you have to look at all your leads, contacts, and contact roles to see the full buyer's journey. And so from a data perspective, I think attribution has, has grown and has made tons of progress in the last four or five years. Uh, the other part of attribution is kind of getting making sure you get C-level adoption to understand that story, which is really the analysis part of it and actually being able to make decisions off that one. I still think that the best 
uh, solutions are a combination of the tool vendors, like I mentioned, along with consultants. So where I've seen our clients be most successful is when they have a great consulting partner, such as the demand gen group, along with a great tool vendor, such as ourselves, and together by working seamlessly together, we can actually deliver for our clients the answers which they seek is, which is, where do I, should I spend more money next year? Where should I spend the same? And what should I cut? Because that's all that everyone's trying to answer. But it takes kind of a village to come together to answer that that, that simple question is what yeah. I've seen. And you guys, your focus has been on solving the data issue around attribution. I think people you know, need to understand that, again, all the pieces need to come together. You need the analysis piece and you need to solve the data issue first. You can't have analytics you got to have analytics-ready data before you can take a look at the, the insights. And again, another area that, that we've been certainly working closely together to bring those insights uh, to our, our mutual clients. Let's, um, let's pretend uh, we could invent a time machine, which, by the way, that'd be a great product if you guys want to work on that. <laughs> so, someone once asked me, I want to I do a startup. What should I do, Dave? And I said, I, I got three products for you. One is a time machine. The other one is a teleporter, because I think that would be really good, and, and a personal flying device. And I actually think the personal flying device is the one that we're getting closest to with all the new uh, single-person carrier drones. But uh, we're not that much closer uh, that I am aware of of a time machine. But let's say we had one. Uh-huh. You, get to, uh, you get to take two trips. One trip is you're going to go back six years to when Lean Data was founded, and you get to tell your younger self uh, some advice. What's the advice to Evan six years ago? Invest in marketing earlier on, specifically product marketing when you're start, first starting out. And now you get trip number two, and it's six years from now. And what are you telling yourself today? Basically, keep on, keep on, keep at it. Keep persevering because uh, what's the, the the goal at the end is a, is a, is a great thing. So uh, you know, don't worry about don't don't sweat the little things. You know, just continue focusing on helping clients and uh, taking one step at a time. Uh, sounds sounds like both good advice. And what I'm hearing in the in the in the coaching to yourself today is there's a lot on your plate and there's always a lot of problems to solve and and. I think that's the good thing about business is a healthy business is one that's continuing to find uh, new challenges. If I was in your role, I probably would keep uh, a, a little bit of concern on what Salesforce would do because I'm I always have a plan B and I'm always a little bit paranoid. Uh, but it's been really interesting that you know over their entire journey of the platform, they haven't really solved a lot of the core marketing related challenges with the platform despite their investments in marketing cloud technologies. They just really haven't uh, done a good job on pivoting there. And I'm, and I'm, I'm wondering how they don't see these fundamental problems and, and don't address them. It's great that you guys have continued to find um, gaps in the data issues and the, and the connections issues and, and keep solving them. I know we've been doing a lot together, uh, Evan. We've uh, been on the speaking circuit together with your team and looking forward to some of the things that are coming up. We've got a a webinar coming up pretty soon. And then you guys are going to be at some of the conferences coming up that I've been talking about, which is Marketo Summit and MarTech West and Sears Decisions, right? You'll be at all three of those? That's correct. We'll We'll be there and happy to meet folks. Awesome. And I I think we're actually doing some client appreciation stuff together too. So work hard and play hard, my friend, right? Definitely. 
I love at these conferences, especially at the fest, just how crazy marketers get. You know, it's boy, when you let marketers out of the cage with no responsibility for a couple of days other than learning and soaking it in, uh, the hair comes down and, and they have a great time. It's going to be going to be a fun uh, show season. Look forward to being with the team. Well, Evan, thanks so much for joining me today on the program and, and sharing some of the insights and giving a little bit of history around the company. Um, keep solving those problems. There's a ton more out there that we need to go solve together, but it's been a great partnership. We're very glad to have you as a, a member of our Demand Gen uh, Alliance. And so uh, thank you. Thank you for the time. My pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. You bet. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Uh, tune in every week. Make sure you subscribe to Demand Gen Radio on whatever player you're listening to, and we'll keep bringing you great content like uh, these MarTech discussions. I hope you're enjoying it. Let me know. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.